Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. The following program contains topics particular to the LGBTQ plus community. Some discussions may contain mature themes. As such, listener discretion is advised. This is Pride Connection, sponsored by BlindLGBTPride.org, otherwise known as BPI, every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. on ACB Media One, and shortly after on all your major podcast catchers. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Pride Connection. This is our holiday extravaganza episode. We're going to be talking about our favorite traditions, some of the challenges as blind LGBTQ folk that we face for the holidays, and we're going to round it out with some hopes and predictions for the new year. I, as always, am joined by President Gabriel Lopez Cafati. Hi, everyone. I have a very, very good feeling about this year and i have uh, just so many positive thoughts for everyone and and, and i'm sure this this is going to be a blessed year and we're gonna look back on yeah. so many things <laughs> so we're definitely going to look at those predictions and those blessings that you have for us at the end of the show we have yeah. our original co-host back with us for this week and i'm sure she'll be back throughout the year leah gardner welcome back to pride connection are you are you making assumptions about the upcoming year, Anthony? <laughs> yeah. Is that a gentle push? On... <laughs> you know, you could call it both, but um, <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> as long as you and Gabe don't start calling me beautiful again, we'll, I'll think. I know, about it. I know. You noticed, oh, no, you noticed that no one said beautiful. All the way. <laughs> no one said beautiful. Just that's how badly we want you back. <laughs> So Pride Connection is very lucky to have two extraordinary engineers in the background. We have Tim, who's here, and we'll speak in a moment, and Byron will speak after him. But uh, Tim is our primary engineer. Byron is always there, ready to back back him up. And of course, if you listen to Sunday Dish, you know Byron's always there with me. Tim, welcome back to Pride Connection. Oh, it's nice to be in front of the mic as opposed to in the cutting room uh, (laughs) during the post-production, but it's nice to be here. Byron. (laughs) Well, happy holidays, everybody. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, it's good to be here. And um, when you guys hear pride connection on Tuesday nights, Tim does all of our uh, editing and I'm the one that gets it uploaded to the server and to the podcast. So uh, between the two of us, we get a show out uh, every two weeks and uh, we're happy to do it. And, and you also do our live shows, Byron. You stream our right. live shows yep. when we do live. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And we also have uh, Tim's better half, Miss Cheryl. Welcome Absolutely. Welcome to Connection as well. Hello, hello. Happy holidays to everyone. I'm so excited to be back. Yes. 
Thank you guys for inviting me to hang out. I am so excited to introduce a new voice who has not been to Pride Connection yet. And they are an international traveler, so to speak, in this Pride Connection journey. Larissa, say hello to the folks. Hi, everybody. Happy holidays. Glad to be here. Do you want to tell us a little bit about where you're from and um, how you found uh, Flying Pride International? Sure. So I live in Ontario, Canada, and um, I actually learned about BPI through somebody at work. Um, I had never heard about BPI before, and this person said to me, you should check it out. So um, I found your website in the summer and signed up, and here I am. Oh, go ahead, Ms. Leanne. I want to point out that uh, Larissa is not just a member. They're a life member. They, they joined as a life member right off the bat. They did, <laughs> and that yes, is so did. awesome. So I was going to say, <laughs> Leah, to compliment what you just said, Larissa has two very important <laughs> Um, banners, not only as a live member, but also putting the I in BPI. Absolutely. <laughs> um, that's why I always tell our, our other uh, international member. We have a few, Larissa, um, but mainly you have been very active lately, and we hope that you, you, you stay active with us. And uh, Richard Marion has also been very active. He was, He's a former board member, him and his husband, who live in British Columbia. Canada are also BPI members, also putting the I. We have a few other members in Canada. Uh, we also have Hannah May from, from Philippines. So I, I'm, I just wanted to point out that I'm so happy to see that the we I. are being loyal to our mission and putting the I and bringing more diversity to BPI and ACB. Absolutely. Don't make me kick that soapbox out from under you, Mr. Gabe. We still have two more fine folks to introduce. I know, I know. Coming back to Pride Connection um, from our sunny home state, not the exact same city, but Miss Jessica, welcome back to Pride Connection. Hello, everybody, and happy holidays. And to round out the grand old bunch, we have Sarah. Hello, everybody. Season's greetings. So let's go backwards. Sarah, what is your favorite holiday tradition? I would have to say Friendmas is one of my favorite holiday traditions. Something funny that we do is after sharing our stockings, we put our stockings on our feet and take a photo. <laughs> um, and that's probably a, a source of warmth for me. So uh, that's probably one of my favorite holiday traditions. That's awesome. How about you, Jess? One holiday tradition that I still do a lot, even though I live alone now, is I still like to get a real Christmas tree, um, small as it is sometimes. What I do is, you know, a real Christmas tree can be awfully hard to take home in an Uber. (laughs) So (laughs) what I do is I put out on Facebook to all my local Facebook friends um, asking who would like to help me go get a Christmas tree this year. And usually it is kind of the last person I would expect, which is great because I can then grow a new friendship and or connection out of the experience. And I usually offer to get the person either a Christmas cactus or a wreath or something as a thank you. And I still like to decorate a whole lot, even though I do live alone. It helps make the holidays what they are. And also now, I recently started about two years ago, I like to buy myself gifts. 
and wrap them. So that way I still have two or three <laughs> or four little things to open on Christmas morning and rip the paper and throw it all over the floor and leave it for a while mm -hmm. rather than racing That's around, picking it up as we used to do. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So we're going to jump over the border for a second back to Larissa. Hello from Canada. <laughs> um, <laughs> my favorite Christmas tradition is opening gifts with my nieces on Christmas morning. They are now 14 and 12. So they're growing out of uh, the, the fun stage where we have all kinds of toys and gifts. And now they sort of just want gift cards. <laughs> so it's gotten slightly less exciting over the years. Um, but it still kind of gives me that warm, fuzzy feeling of being, you know, surrounded by family and uh, seeing the excitement that they still have. Um, even though they, they're aware now that Santa doesn't exist, they still get really excited about, um, you know, opening uh, gifts, even if they're just gift cards. So it's fun to have that lazy time with family and just eat cookies and enjoy being together. That's awesome. You know, gift cards right quick. I'm going to interrupt the flow of, of exchange here. My aunt years ago made a pact with everyone. If they wanted gift cards, then they had to promise to set aside at least 10 minutes to um, virtually open their present with, with her. Um, and that was the only way she was going to give gift cards, <laughs> which I thought was pretty cool. All right, Cheryl, you're up. I think lots of people know that my family, and I mean, I am also from South America, sort of the Caribbean area. So the food is really a big tradition. My mom is visiting, but whether she was here or not, she sends me my cake, which is a black cake, <laughs> sort of fruit cake. Um, we've got to make sorrel, which is a drink made out of the sorrel plant. Um, we have to do pepper pot, which is, oh my God, just delicious. And then um, black eyed peas and rice. So cook up rice as it's called. So lots and lots of foods and I love them all. And I just have to accept that every December I gain 20 pounds and then I have to figure out how to do, lose them. <laughs> yes. How about you, Byron? Well, one of my favorite Christmas traditions is my Geeksmas tree. And, um, you know, I have all these geeky science fiction uh, related uh, Christmas ornaments, you know, like, you know, tar the TARDIS from Doctor Who. And uh, hopefully next year it will be a Gamus tree because we have our eye on a rainbow colored um, fake Christmas tree. And we didn't get it this year, but maybe by next year we'll have a geeky Gamus Christmas tree. The other thing I really love uh, is receiving handmade gifts and uh, or giving them, although I haven't, I'm not super crafty, but Sage's mom last year made me a hat and uh, I've been using it all year this year and it's, it's my favorite hat. So <laughs> I love that. Nice. Tim? So one of the things that we've done over the uh, past couple of years with my immediate family is we do a Yankee swap. Leah probably knows what a Yankee swap is because she's a transplanted Yankee. Uh, it's really a fun tradition. So everybody buys one gift and everybody picks a number. And you either want to be the, the highest number or the lowest number because the last person gets to pick from everybody else's gifts. And uh, oh. it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it can get quite contentious, I'm sure, as Leah <laughs> could attest. Yes. 
Yes. I'm just hearing in my head, the Yankees are swapping. The Yankees are swapping. (laughs) You usually can't spend over a limit. You know, you can't spend over like, say, 20 or, you know, $25 or something like that. So, um, It's sort of a cool twist on the um, grab bag kind of concept, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. It is a cool twist on the grab bag concept. Kind of concept, and, and and even after it's done, there's still a lot of horse trading that goes on. So, so it's basically you get a gift, and then when it's your turn, you can go and exchange it for someone else's, right? Exactly, exactly. And the last person <laughs> can pick from all the gifts. So you've got twenty people they can pick. So we ended up getting we wow. we did it this year, and we ended up getting a. Uh, and you guys would appreciate this, uh, Anthony and Gabe. We ended up getting a, a battery operated corkscrew. Oh, oh, nice. <laughs> Somebody got that for um, Christmas last year. Now, yes, yeah. Leah, who I know cringes at the word Yankee um, at least six or seven months out of the year is up next. <laughs> my my Boston Red Sox beat your Yankees in the wild card game. Don't forget that this year. I'm, I'm hanging uh, my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess there's two things. So most people know that I grew up in New Hampshire and uh, I've never been a fan of snow and ice. So that whole concept of white Christmas was not something that was in any way romantic for me. My parents about 10 years ago decided that they were going to spend their winters in Florida. That means when Christmas time comes around, I get to take a visit to somewhere within extremely warm and uh, sunny climate for a couple weeks. Because um, even where I am in California this time of year, it's really damp and rainy. So that's been a nice tradition is coming south for the holiday time. The other thing I've kind of started over the past couple years is uh, I usually pick a couple people in my life um, that you know have meant a lot to me over the year. And I look for unique kinds of food to send them. Mm. Uh, last year, it was uh, these pla- these uh, chocolate liquor bottles. And they have different kinds of, of liquor sort of in the bottom. You bite off the chocolate cap of the bottle and underneath there's, there's different kinds of, um, I think some have vodka. And, um, nice. Yeah. They're, they're, too, right? oh, they're very oh cool. Oh my God. Um, so I, liquor bottles from Leah last year and let's just say I, I had like two of them on an empty stomach and then called Leah and I was like hey, <laughs> hey Leah I got I you bottles <laughs> intoxication wasn't the point you know do I, ha- do I have to write a proviso that you have to eat on a full stomach then this year I sent um, a friend of mine I tried an experiment and uh, I sent them ice cream uh, from this uh, shop in New York City that ships nationally. And nice. uh, I wanted to see if it would come, you know, frozen. And luckily it did. Uh, what I wasn't expecting is the order went, the order went through. I was only charged once, but uh, they, they got two shipments of six pints of ice cream. It was the gift so, I kept on giving. <laughs> I, know, right? I think they still have some right now. So, yeah, I've kind of just gotten into that trend because I'm not – holidays are often not my favorite time. So I like to try to do something for somebody else that gives me some degree of joy, kind of watching well, them open it and, yeah. and appreciate it. 
As we transition to Gabriel, if there's a single person listening to this podcast who doesn't know that Gabriel and I are together by now, I'd be surprised. But I'm going to take a wild guess and say, Gabriel, is it Tamale Day? Yes. (laughs) Tell us about Tamale Day. And now that you were here, you can, (laughs) that you have been here, you can experience. It's an entire day process. And it starts off, uh, my mom wakes up about 5 a.m. And she starts boiling the uh, pork riblets that go into each tamale. So with a lot of condiments, cumin and uh, I don't know what else. That's the first thing that they have to do because then promptly at 7, they start making what is uh, the basic, like the base, the filling of the tamale, which is made with uh, cornmeal and... uh, yeah, it's, it's very nutritious to say something that's way fattening because they use um, kind of lard to mix it with the juices uh, that come from the pork. And then there's two types of filling. There's the white and then the, the red. So then they they mix and mix and mix and mix until it has, it comes up to a very like, I would say, uh, a mashed potato kind of texture. Um, and then the tradition is that I, since I've been a kid, I am uh, quality control. <laughs> so I try both of them, the white one and the red one. The red one uh, has a little tinge of like red, orangey red because they uh, add an ingredient called achiote. I don't think there's translation for in English. It's just like a, it, it's, a, it's a seed that they grind. It grows in trees. And once it, it's, it's ground, it's like has an orangey color and it gives a little bit of a hint of a taste and also the color so then um, they have everything ready the huge racks of banana leaves and then they start assembling the tamales the tamales have a you know a little bit of each one of the white and the red filling then they have olives a piece of the riblet some rice some pieces of potato and what was the other anthony you i I used to say peas but it wasn't peas it was chickpeas chickpeas thank you so then they're wrapped and tied and then they're stacking them and then putting them in pots with water and then they're boiling now i was telling anthony that to me that smell is christmas and i shared it with, with cheryl as well um that to me that smell is is christmas and and I cannot, I, I, it, to me, it's, it's, it's forbidden to make tamales anytime that it's not Christmas because that'll just make me nostalgic and want to cry. <laughs> well, if that smell is part of Christmas forevermore, um, as long as it follows by the taste, I am completely fine with that. I'm going to break tradition and instead of, um, instead of telling my favorite tradition, I came across a Christmas movie this year where the main character, um, her grandmother taught her that she should give two, uh, mostly handmade, but not always, but she should give two gifts per person, one for the person to open and one for them to gift to someone else to pass on sort of a pay it forward with the spirit of giving. And I'm going to adopt that um, in Christmas is going forward because I absolutely love that concept. I think it's beautiful especially with the younger ones, the younger generations. I think to to help teach that spirit of giving is going to be wonderful. So folks, we're going to transition our conversation a little bit. And I'm going to put uh, Mr. Lee <laughs> on the spot because he and I had an, uh, 
interesting conversation recently. I know when when I first lost my eyesight, I dreaded the holidays for for many reasons. But one of the biggest is, you know, you usually gather in families, you usually gather at whoever has the biggest house or, you know, the most room or the biggest kitchen or whoever's the best cook, whatever it be. But those those places tend to be the ones that are not easy to get to. And, um, you know, an off comment actually opened up, you know, I'd say we were going on this conversation for about 20 minutes, right, Brian? Oh, yeah. I mean, it it was definitely a interesting conversation talking about getting out to families' houses that live way out in the suburbs. When you're at a party and you're blind, you know, you are sort of at the mercy of whoever drove you there. You have to leave kind of when they feel like leaving. If you're if you're wanting to stay longer or wanting to leave earlier, um, even if there is something like Lyft or Uber, there's this sort of weird guilt that people get, you know put you through where you start getting your ride ready to go. And you're like, OK, guys, I'm going to head out. And they're like, oh, how do you get home? Oh, I'm going to get Uber. And they're like, oh, don't do that. We'll drive you home in like in a couple of hours. You know, we'll, you know, don't spend that money. We'll drive you home and uh, or, or worse, Lyft or Uber is not even available. And mm-hmm. so you just feel completely trapped. And and uh, I enjoyed my Christmas with my family. But, you know, at, at some point I was ready to go. And, um, you know, I'm waiting around for my ride to take me to the meeting point to meet my roommate. And, um, you know, I'm just I'm stuck and it's not a good feeling. So I want to ask the other panelists, um, you know, do you guys have something that you kind of dread about the holiday season because of being either LGBTQ plus or, or blind or both? So I suppose I could go since you just uh, talked to me about the transportation thing. This was my first year being out for Christmas uh, and, and around my, my extended family. Uh, my mom and my dad uh, were among the first to hear and and I don't know the status of some of the rest of my family. I don't know, you know, if they've seen it on Facebook. I haven't been shy, um, but I don't know if they know the status of of where I am. And I was really worried, uh, you know, what kind of reaction I was going to get at this family party. And I wanted to express my sexuality I- slash gender identity uh in some way shape or form uh but i was too nervous to like go full out and do you know full gay christmas garb so i wore um you know these pink socks with an owl pattern on them and i I was just sitting there putting my socks on going do i want to do this like i was really nervous and i got to the party and no one said anything about my socks no one said anything about my sexuality. It, it was actually kind of a relief that it was just a non-issue. No one said a, a word about it, but I was dreading it the whole time uh, because I just didn't know if I had the emotional strength to deal with conflict on the holidays. And uh, it was a non-issue. In fact, there was a conversation where one of my cousins got a pair of slippers from my uncle and they were they were men's slippers, but they were in her size. And and she said, oh, but they're men's though. And I said, yeah, well, my, my socks are women's, uh, but they're comfortable and they're cute. And that's all that matters. And she goes, yeah, you're right. And then she proceeded to prance around the living room in her new slippers. Um, awesome. So that was a cool experience. Yeah. Anybody else have something they want to share before we transition to something else? It's Larissa. I'll jump in. Um, awesome. I think to to Byron's earlier point about sort of transportation 
Um, one thing that always pops out to me with holiday gatherings is autonomy around um, eating dinner or selecting food or snacks. Mm, yes. um, I'm very fortunate um, that my family is amazing and it's never an issue. Um, so the last couple of Christmases with COVID restrictions have been quite pleasant. But pre-COVID, with holiday gatherings for work or with friends or with extended family, there's always that point when um, everybody gets up and, you know, grabs their plates and starts to select their food. And, um, you know, I have this moment of thinking, oh, I, I hope someone is going to offer to, you know, let me know what's there or offer to help me select my food, because it always feels a little bit odd when you have to ask for help. Um, it's nice when somebody just notices and, <laughs> you know, helps you out. And then there's always that, uh, you know, potential for being sitting and, and having a conversation with somebody and realizing they're eating. And, hey, nobody told me there was food somewhere. There were snacks somewhere. So um, it can yes. be kind of disorienting, I think, when there's food involved and you're hungry and you know that people are eating um, and you have to be a little bit of a detective to figure out where things are and uh, find someone to describe things for you. And, um, yeah, sometimes you just end up with a mishmash of things on a plate and you hope for the best. But, uh <laughs> Yeah, autonomy is a difficult one. That's that's a really good point. Yeah, um, I'm wondering if some of the other panelists want to, in a lot of those large gatherings, somebody will just, oh, I'm going to go get you a plate. And you're like, okay, I'll take some macaroni. Wait, hello, hello. And they're already gone. And, and they're making the plate. They may or may not know what you like and don't like. Does anybody else want to talk a little about that? You know, I had that happen to me at a Thanksgiving gathering, I guess, about seven or eight years ago. And um, the funny thing was... Oh, it thank was a, God that you said. I was I was dreading that you were going to say last year. And I was like, okay, no. <laughs> Leah was with no, us for Thanksgiving last year. Last year. <laughs> Definitely not last year. Um, <laughs> no, Leah no. was showered with food last year. Yeah, <laughs> that's a different story. <laughs> Go ahead, Leah. See, you know, in, in fact, it was a gathering of mostly blind people and uh <laughs> there was a big buffet of food set up and the thing that's really frustrating is sometimes not just knowing not having the sense of not knowing what's on each plate but there is sometimes a certain mentality at these gatherings that you better just figure it out <laughs> um at certain blind gatherings so one thing that i have discovered having a dog it is very difficult to get through a uh, kind of buffet situation with a plate in one hand and a dog that's very interested in what might be on that plate (laughs) in the other hand. And we had, (laughs) you know, people that were visually impaired bumping into each other (laughs) and, um, you know, sticking their fingers into, into things. I mean, I think that's the flip side of it. I, I wish there was an easier way as blind people to deal with buffet style settings because it's either somebody grabs you a plate and you have no idea what's going to be on it and it's thrown in front of you or you're expected to go up and get food without much information about what's there and it just becomes a food fight and and potentially a difficult dog situation oh no this is cheryl i was going to say um in response to your question about being a blind person going to family gatherings. It's been like a mixed bag. Uh, Sometimes it's a lot of fun, I don't know, and things work and I feel part of all the, you know, the conversations because we're sitting down and we're talking and, you know, you can jump into that conversation or, and um, 
And other times we've gone to gatherings where, like, you know, whether you agree to it or not, you're sort of placed someplace, and there you sit. <laughs> yeah, sit down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and people are running around doing other things, but like you know, you're in somebody else's house, so I, you know, you know, at least I should say me. I I don't know sort of how the house is set up and where can you move and um. You know, and then the thing where's the all important bathroom? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then and but yeah. but I, on, on a positive note, I I gotta say we've got some friends who for the last few years we've been um, you know they invite over a bunch of other blind folks to get together for um, Christmas or for New Year's, and I love what they do basically because they sort of set things up like uh, you know they have a nice kitchen and a table and stuff like that. And they tell you, like, you know, this is what's here, and the the, the knife, or, or not the knife, the serving spoon is on the right of the platter, and you just gotta like remember a little bit what what they told you, and I think be thoughtful of the other people and put the spoon back <laughs> where, yes. where 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 they said it is, so that you know the person coming behind you can you know follow the same instructions. It's this bladder, the foot, the spoon is on the right, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and years ago, Vibug used to do. That's the computers group here in Boston. They used to do potluck dinners as part of our our holiday celebration, and we I think we went all out. We had the uh, food and then in front on the table there was like a braille label that would say what it was Mm. um nice and um and you had to you know you have to like do a little bit of crowd control right so you can't send like everybody can't just jump up (laughs) and run to the (laughs) run to the table you've got to like send people up like okay now you three or whatever um go up and get your stuff so so that's that's been some of the ways that I think that we've we've solved it for you know a group of blind folks getting together and doing a buffet. I wonder if we could invite Sage Sarah to come back into the conversation, and um, I wonder if being blind was an issue in your holiday festivities. I guess it was different for me um, in that I had some trouble navigating two holidays because I. So my family is Korean and uh, we would have our Korean Christmas, so to speak. But before then, I would celebrate uh, uh, the same holiday with a friend and their family is German. So I'd have to switch my brain to different languages um, to interact with (laughs) various different family members. And um, I'd go from one holiday to the next. And sometimes, you know, social type situations are are hard. And I'm, I'm to be perfectly honest, I'm not a super holiday type person. I uh, admittedly was a Grinch for the longest time, but I think it depends on the people that you spend your holidays with, chosen family or not. So really it depended on on the atmosphere. I think what was hard for me navigating was, oh, have your eyes gotten better? And I'm like, nope, they haven't wow. been better for 30 years. <laughs> like, yeah, don't ask me this question anymore. I'm not cured today. Um, you know, it happened occasionally specifically for family members that haven't seen me in a couple of years, they'd be like, did your eyes improve? And I'm like, I, you ask me this every single time. And the answer is always no. So in terms of LGBT related hardship, I am also someone that has recently come out to their parents in the past year and um, nothing seems to have changed. So I'm thankful that there hasn't been any hostility or awkwardness. My parents have been super gracious and accepting. So 
um, in that sense, there hasn't really been anything difficult for me. Beautiful. Jessica, you've mentioned that for the last couple of years, you've done your Christmas morning by yourself. Did you feel pressure in the beginning that, you know, did you have family pressure? Like, no, you can't be alone. No, you can't spend Christmas alone. I definitely did have that pressure and at first. And I think as time has gone on, I've learned how to balance and negotiate. First of all, I'm really grateful to have family within walking distance. And I can, you know, sometimes get a quick either Uber or Lyft ride or a ride from them or even a tandem bike ride from my parents to get back and forth. But if all else fails, I can always escape because I can pretty much walk back to my home, which I know is not a privilege that everybody shares, but that is definitely a cool thing. Um, And I do go over and have dinners with my family or help my mom cook or something like that. But I do enjoy and also treasure my space. I'm only out to one parent. So that really has not been an issue yet. And when my half siblings, sometimes they come to town for holidays and they live so far away and life and geography has just kind of gotten in the way, I guess. And so I don't really share a lot about my life to begin with. So I'm especially not out to them, but I have a lot of passing privilege. So I don't know that I necessarily feel like I have to hide necessarily. Like I am a very feminine presenting person, so I don't have to worry about tipping people off if I walk in with a leather jacket or an undercut because that isn't really the way I present. I still like wearing cute sundresses and cute jewelry and things. But there is another dynamic. I watched the movie Single All the Way last night, which is fun and cute. And it's a family really always asking why their son is single. I think I have the opposite problem. I have been single for most of my life, but I think it's generally assumed that I will always be single. And it's, you know, a general assumption of my family that I don't know that I, that I will always be single. So on the one hand, I'm happy to not be pestered or bugged about it. But on the other hand, I kind of wish that they wouldn't just always assume that I will always be single. Wow. Well, I hope that there's some movement in that throughout, you know, the next couple of years. And maybe, maybe I know for me, when I came out, I thought, you know, that the, you know, the Tower of Babel was going to fall and, and, or Pandora's box was going to open and all heck was going to break loose. But Surprisingly enough, um, it was almost a non-issue for me, I think, you know, for the ones that didn't want to know anything about it or didn't really want to accept it, just kind of faded into the background, thankfully. And I had enough support that I didn't really notice that much. But let's transition a little bit. We have another couple on, uh, or I should say there are two couples on today's show. And I was kind of curious. I know when um, Gabriel and I did our first Christmas together, there was, you know, there was a mixing of, of a little bit of traditions and, and trying to navigate 
who's going to do what, um, who's going to kind of take care of the bar area, who's going to, you know, who's going to take the primary role in serving food or placing food out, et cetera. And then some of our, some of our actual traditions and melding them together. And I was wondering, Tim and Cheryl, in, in your earlier years, did you, did you have weirdness or um, was it, was there an adjustment period or did it all just flow beautifully? I don't think we had any weirdness. Obviously there was some, you know, different food that I, um, that I hadn't eaten that I had to get used to, but I wouldn't say there was weirdness in that sense. And we, we, we spent, we would spend some Christmases here early on and some Christmases in Chicago. It depended on the year, but no, I wouldn't say there was any, anything uncomfortable around merging and melding traditions. But you got to be honest, it, it did take a little while for Tim to come out and say, like, I, I don't really want to eat pepper pot. <laughs> Which is- That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but I, I, I was I was down with the I was down with the the, the chow mein and the and the, you know, the cook up the rice, cook up rice and, and the yeah. curry chicken. Yeah. But it, it took him it hit to like because it's it's a it's a dish that includes it's beef but it's you know like cow tail and pig's feet and all this sort of stuff that's in there and none of it is healthy. I have to say the other thing is I've never been a big um, Christmas cake black cake person either. Like Leah, I'm not really a fruit person. So <laughs> and and just the the Christmas cake. Just, I mean, if you, Anthony, just, if you take a whiff of it, you'll get drunk just off the smell. So. Well, Gabe and I would love it. <laughs> oh, I, I think. I would I think, love it. Yeah, yeah, no, I think you would. I mean, so, yeah. So I think it, you know, it took a little bit um, to say, like, I, I mean, for Tim to say, like, I, I don't, I, actually, I don't think he, you ever ate, he never ate the Christmas cake. Cause that, that was just like, as he said, when I, I, I just a little story, when I was in high school, the nuns called me one time because they're like, Cheryl, we smell alcohol. And I was in very close <laughs> to getting into trouble. Thank God I had a piece of the cake in my bag and I pulled it out. I'm like, it's not me. It's this. <laughs> it's, it's the cake. I just brought some in for my friends. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And yeah. So, and, and I mean, as I said, the food was a big tradition. And the other thing is, like, I love sort of putting up decorations. You know, I want a tree and a wreath and all that sort of stuff. And and I I think Tim can, he doesn't need all that, but he's at least willing to help me put everything up. So that's nice. No, I was also going to share that, uh, you know, I miss, but decoration has always been, like, a big thing since I was a kid. Um to me, putting up ornaments and making the nativity scene and the village and the tree and putting just little Christmas things in every corner of the house, like to me, it always, it has always meant a lot to just feel so joyful. <laughs> yeah. Right now that I have um, Anthony is upstairs and I'm downstairs taking the call, just being around here, just taking all the little things that now I have to touch because I used to be able to see them. And I'm looking at these so wonderful, beautiful decorations. <laughs> um, and Gabe and I decided this year, even though we were going to be in Honduras for the actual holidays themselves, we decided we were we were taking back the holiday season. Um, last year, in the height of COVID, we didn't decorate. 
Um, you know, we had we had a great Thanksgiving with mm-hmm. Leah and some other friends. We had a great Christmas itself, but we didn't really mark the season other than, you know, a couple of presents and and two, you know, two dinners. So this year we made an effort. We had a tree trimming party. Um, we had family. It was beautiful. And, you know, it's going to be a bit of work to take it all down and put it all away. But um, I am already gave us gave us fond of saying no more ideas, but I'm already planning out the Christmas untrimming tree party. <laughs> it's, uh, it's always nice to have a little bit of help and, and to share things like that with, with friends and family. Um, as always, that happens with this show. Time flies by when we're having so much fun. So we came prepared to offer up something that we are hoping for in the coming year. And I think let's go backwards again. Um, let's start with Jessica this time. Jessica, what are you hoping for for the coming year? I am hoping for uh, more community in general, more kindness and valuing of each other more um not being afraid of differences more creative endeavors uh lots of things sarah sage i'm going to continue being mindful of those around me i think that it's really critical for us to know what's going on in terms of social movements uh like black lives matter and uh stop asian hate um any other causes that are really really imperative uh, specifically for today's generation. As well as being mindful of my own personal health, I have always kind of put myself on the back burner and not taken my health a little more seriously than I should. So those are the things that I am hoping to continue to work on. And of course, continuing to be involved with uh, BPI and any other organizations that I feel strongly about. How about you, Larissa? I am hoping for health, I think is my number one priority. I had, uh, I was unexpectedly diagnosed with cancer um, this past year and uh, was very, very fortunate that it was a treatable cancer, was, was oh, fixed with surgery. And uh, I'm very aware that for many people, that's not the way it goes. And so I'm really grateful. Um, and I think I've gone through the, you know, recovery from surgery part. And now I'm really focused on just getting back to feeling strong and healthy again and, uh, you know, really paying attention to how I'm treating my body and how I'm taking care of my body. Um, I'm also hoping for connection. I think that the last couple of years have been really difficult for everybody. Um, Lockdowns and uh, restrictions. So I'm crossing my fingers and I'm just going to, you know, be really optimistic about things opening up a little bit more and there being more opportunity to reconnect with friends and to meet new people. Um, and to do some of the things that I think we've all been missing out on so much the last couple of years. Nice. Byron? So this is my first year as a member, as a board member of BPI. And um, so coming, you know, in the new year, I'm really excited about helping to create more programming for Blind Pride International, um, stepping up our game with Pride Connection and and helping members of this organization in any way that I can. So, you know, that's, that's priority number one, but you know, the other things are, I got a scale for Christmas from a friend and it's one of these smart scales that can measure everything through your bare feet and, you know, like your, your BMI and all that stuff. And I plan on getting a a gym membership is a YWCA down the street from here. So I think I might join them. 
And then um, the, the, the one that's on my mind right now is my roommate was kind enough to paint my nails uh, last night. And my plan was, okay, well, I'll just remove it on Monday or maybe I'll leave it on, but, but I'll put on some latex gloves. I can still touch a phone and make it do stuff through the latex gloves and I'll just cover it up. And I took a picture of them last night, put them on Facebook and several coworkers, including the uh, head of the organization, all of them were like, no, wear them with pride. You know, it's, it's more about your yes. kindness and your compassion. Um, and if you're kind to your clients, they're not going to care about your nails. And my, my director said, if anyone, if any of your clients have any issues with your nails, send them to me. And that just really, I woke up to that this morning and it made me cry because I, there was so much anxiety uh, as far as like gender expression and, um, you know, wanting to experiment more with gender and uh, being afraid of how I'm going to do that with work. And I work with seniors primarily and, you know, some, some people um, have their own thoughts and ideas about how men should present. And that just made me really nervous to, to go back to work with painted nails. And uh, come Monday, I'm not covering them up. I'm just going to wear them. And I have the blessing of my director. So, you know, mm. it's the V, you know, so be it. That's we amazing. Love that. Go Byron. That amazing. <laughs> and, and go go everyone at the organization as well. That's, yeah. They have your back. That is amazing. Yeah, that was amazing. Tim and Cheryl, you want to tag team on each other? You go first. All right. So I think I have some uh, hopes for the new year concerning ACB and the Multicultural Affairs Committee. Um, I mean, some of the things that we've been working on around inclusion and mentorship and all, I, I, I really hope that those come to fruition and that we continue to sort of build connections between different committees and different affiliates to um, really work towards ACB being an organization where everybody really feels welcome and everybody feels that they can achieve, you know, whatever they want to, that um, there are no obstacles to pursuing leadership or pursuing whatever goals people have. So that's sort of the wider sort of hope I have for the future for next year. Um, for myself personally, when you initially asked this question, I think the word that popped into my head was joy. I want to live a life that's more full of joy. I don't know exactly what that means, but that's something I'm going to try to have happen more often in my life than it than it has in the past. When you've, when you've experienced some great joy, will you come back and tell us about it? I will. I will. Tim? On the larger front, I'm going to echo Brian. Uh, by, Brian, do you see that? Byron. <laughs> I'm going to echo Byron here. All uh, right, Holly. <laughs> um, I am excited about Pride Connection, and I, and I think we can really up our game on that. And I'm going to also echo Jessica here. I, I, I uh, Kindness and civility are two things that I would put forward, and I, just, I think we need more of that in our world and more understanding and, and something that Gabe says all the time, just um, no judge, no judgment. I would echo those sentiments. And I think it's going to be a good year for BPI. And I'm excited about all the new people that are coming into BPI. Um, Larissa, I'm so excited that you're here and 
it's a, it's a fun and very family organization. And I know, you know, a lot of times people talk about redefining family and BPI really does seem like a family to me, which is awesome. And a lot of that has to do with the leadership of our, our great president who has such kind of universal values, which I agree with. That brings us to Leah. And besides the Red Sox taking it all this year, what else are you hoping for in 2022? Definitely got to go skydiving again. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah, Sarah, we got to get on that. Um, I think uh, on, on on a much more serious note, I really would hope that this coming year, and I know that this is a stretch, we can get beyond the political dueling in the United States and the locking of horns and this partisanship that's around COVID and, and how to tackle it and please um, start working together to finally bring some kind of declarative end um, yeah. to this awful, awful pandemic and this awful sort of dark darkness we've been dealing with for the past couple of years. And not just COVID, but just the the um, the human anger um, and and rivalry. I think that's been spurred over the past few years. On a personal level, I think to to what Larissa said, the isolation for me since COVID began a lot of times has been um, extremely difficult. I felt unmoored in a lot of ways um, from people that I care about. I've been lucky enough to to do some traveling, but I, I've spent a lot of time sort of feeling, I think, trapped and kind of isolated in my living space. And I'm hoping that this year, There'll be much more, many more opportunities to um, get out of that claustrophobic space that I'm in. Well, I'm going to jump in here so that our, as Tim, um, I so love the way Tim put it, um, our president can close us out today. On a personal level, this has been, this has been the craziest up and down year. Folks know I, I lost my mom at the end of August and, you know, I, you know, Cheryl said joy. I have the joy. And, and 98% of that is thanks to Gabriel opening my eyes to look at you, accepting the joy to, to it's there. I, I just have to accept it and, and feel it. But on a, on a larger grand scale, the word that came to mind, I think it was a mix between what Sarah and, and Jessica were saying and, and a little of what everyone was saying. For me, the word that popped into my head was empowerment. I wish empowerment to all of all the folks out there who feel like over these last before, even before COVID, like Leah said, that our, our power has been, has been slowly chipped away from us and, and destroyed the, the bonds of agreeing to disagree and, and being able to, when Senator Dole died and, and now again, um, Senator Reed, you know, one of the things that were said over and over about both of those men were they could disagree so strongly and then go share a beer and, and ask about each other's families. This name calling, this disgustingness, that's, I want people to feel empowered again. And I want them to feel the true sense of it, not because they're being backed by some ideology. 
but I could go on and on and on, as you all well know. Um, Gabriel, it's time for your wish for 22 and your wish for BPI and to take us out for this holiday episode of Pride Connection. <laughs> I wish I could grab a little bit of what everyone said. Thank you for those beautiful words, everyone. And uh, Tim, thank you for holding me in high regard. I just, I just, uh, I think I've just been following my heart. And, uh, and, and, and at the end of the day, you know, you put, you put your effort in, you put your work, you put your heart. And to me, the rest is just pure faith. You go by faith and uh, there's awesome people around us. There's always good in people. I've grown to learn that there are no 100% good people and there are no 100% bad people. I think we're all a combination of traits and virtues and flaws. And it's just a matter of accepting and um, not taking things personally and accepting people and just not knowing, just coming from a place of, you know, childlike, beautiful ignorance where you don't know what what hides behind the other person, what's their life history, what they're struggling with, how did they get up from bed this morning, if they even were able to get out of bed. So many things that come into play before we, we, we make a judgment on people. I think that's what I look for less judgment and people being more accepting of each other and kindness. And I personally, this has been a, an amazing <laughs> holiday season because for the first time in my life, I, you know, presented myself to my family, even though they know I was out for quite some years now. It's the first time that I officially come with a couple, with my partner and a part of the family and you know it, it it's been it's been strides this year has been monumental i also look for health for our greater community but especially for all our loved ones here in this call and our bpi family acb family and my own family uh, with anthony and everyone around us our very dear friends here and um i i also look forward to professional development personally i wanna i wanna really reach out to more and more people and make a difference through my life coach practice and through my work. I definitely want to also work more with Cheryl and bringing more diversity and, and making more, creating more awareness every time, every day. And um, with BPI, definitely just, uh, I, I, <laughs> I look forward to as sad as it it's going to be for me, but I definitely do not believe that anyone should be more than two consecutive terms. So I look forward to handing it over to someone who will be eager and uh, has as much love as I have had, or I will always have for BPI to continue with, with the presidency of this beautiful family. And uh, just in general, everything that everyone said was so beautiful, so on point, definitely. We are incorporating some health some fitness and some uh, yeah. some new practices in our household. Um, I will have to say this with a little bit of emotions, and I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure that this year we, Anthony and I, Passion Body, will be welcoming another member to a family to do the work that Posh has been doing. But she'll stay with us, and 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 that's. That that's those are my my hopes and 
And I really want to close by saying that um, this, this time here with my parents and my family has been so phenomenal for Anthony and myself. We've gotten closer together and we have a, a perspective as a family and, and Anthony and I are, uh, you, you all met my parents via WhatsApp and they are so eager to meet everyone. Anthony and I yeah. have started with my brother and sister. I plan to start helping them with retiring and downsizing here uh, to see if they eventually retire with us in Florida. And, uh, and that way I can have them close to us and we can take care of them. <laughs> so that, those are my hopes. Everyone, we hope that you have had a wonderful holiday season, however you've spent it, and that 2022 is a wonderful year going forward. This has been Pride Connection. You'll find us here on ACB Media One or anywhere that you get your podcasts every other week. And if you have any ideas or if you have questions for any of the shows that we've had, you'll hear our email in just a moment. Happy, happy, happy new year. Let's do a group one, everybody. Happy, happy, happy new, new year. year. Happy new year, BPI and ACB. <laughs> You've been listening to Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind Pride International, a special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. Please check us out at blindlgbtpride.org. Some-